he asked me out, I'll go. And after numerous attempts to show him I was not interested and to decline advances, I was still, for three years after I left that job, every year on my birthday, I got a dozen roses sent to me. Mm. I got tons of phone calls and text messages constantly and emails, um, gifts left on my desk at work, um, just like really aggressive, aggressive advances. The millennial generation is as follows. Welcome to Surrounded by Idiot Radio Podcast. All right, live and on tape, uh, coming from beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona, and the wonderful city of Boston, Massachusetts. This is Surrounded by Idiots Radio Podcast. This is where you tune in to really tune out the bullshit, to embrace your purpose, and to be the boss that you are. That that's the and, and actually I'm testing that out again because that's going to be the subtitle of my book. I think it changes every two seconds. I'm still going to whore out for the book. The Surrounded by Idiots is coming to your town. Amazon or bookshelves, hopefully by December before people get to the New Year's resolution bullshit and they want to change their lives and all that. So, so today I ha- I have back the lovely Mariah Buckley slash Parrick. How are you, Mariah? I'm not sure which. I am great. I'm not sure what you want to go by because you still say Buckley on your voicemail. I know. Chris is probably I mean- bent that that's the case. But you know, he is. he's bent, <laughs> but you know, Parrick technically, but Buckley in spirit. Okay. Well, so, that's what so I thought. Exactly. That's what I oh, thought. Good. So, so we're going to, so this is a very, this is a very interesting show because it's, you talk about ripped from the headlines, uh, but we're going to do a show on, on harassment. And the reason why I brought Mar- Mariah in is because she has like every woman I think I possibly know, but you have a very personal story on harassment. Oh, yes. I come from a position of, and why this intrigues me so much is, first of all, I'm really glad that it's a thing now, being a father of a daughter and having two mm-hmm. sisters. I'm very glad that this is coming to to light to where there's a level of there's there's a movement or there's a level of empowerment with the hashtag Me Too, and it, and just that cascade starting to happen, some sort of a leverage a tipping point, almost right. starting to happen to where things are starting to come out. And you guys are you guys collectively are becoming more empowered to get things going and to actually try to make a change in this whole dynamic. So I'm really glad that that's the case. And so I wanted you on to talk about it because I come from a very, I come from like, like I was telling you before the show, I come from a very um, semi-conscious male perspective. I don't, I can't think of back in my day when I've ever been, you know, I'm kind of a big flirt and, and just a big dope and, and I've had girlfriends (laughs) and wives and stuff and all that. But I've never considered myself a harasser because I always considered harassment is really not even a sexy, flirty thing. Harassment's more of a power thing, I think, yes. versus like just the same thing as as rape or or sexual uh, assault. It's more, it's mm-hmm. much more of a power issue than it is of a sexy, you know, that type of an issue. And so I don't have a particular, uh, uh, you know, grounding in this uh, in terms of where I'm coming from as a male. I'm coming from the position of. I really don't know what you know, really what this is all about, and I try to be as as empathetic as I can, but I can't because I'm a male, and I don't I don't live that right. life. And but that's why I wanted you on. So I, you know, I, I the first thing I want to do is talk about um, your personal experience and uh, and what you went through, and then um, and then kind of get through, and maybe you can help me and help all the other guys that are listening mm-hmm. uh, to 
understand this better uh, in terms of where, where the line is. What, what is harassment? What isn't? What, what's our responsibility? What's your responsibility? Right. And, uh, and I, you know, so and please uh, go ahead because I I'm intrigued as I and it is a <laughs> it, it is a nighttime show. So I'm doing the mule tonight. So and I'm doing the wine. All right, there we go. The nine ninety nine special. You let, hey, hey. Um, so what's so so enlighten me. Uh, first of all, I'd like to hear your so, story. Well, I have a couple, um, some bordering more on harassment, some I would say bordering a little more on assault sides of things. Um, But the the harassment ones, um, I have a couple good examples. I mean, I would say pretty much my entire experience abroad was one big sexual harassment um, just because of the culture. And, and is this the when you went to Spain? I think Argentina. is that Argentina? Okay. Argentina. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, and you know, to the point where you know, every single day you walk down the street, and and it doesn't matter. No one discriminates if you're a female and you've got more than one eye, and maybe not even. You will be shouted at. Hmm. You will always be shouted at. And it's really inappropriate, like, que melones, which is like, look at those melons, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, you know, you start out there and you're kind of intrigued by this whole catcalling world that you're in. And it may even be a little flattering at first because you think that maybe you're the only one being shouted at. And then you realize quickly that it's just sort of the norm. And I started flipping people off Hmm. by the second month I was there. I was shouting back um, because it was gross. And, um, you know, I would say um, in clubs there, uh, men are incredibly aggressive. Now, I know we're not talking about South America and that's a whole other issue. So here... Uh, I do have some good stories. One being my very first job that I had, I, out of college, um, I had a, and this is where the line gets blurry because he was a sweet guy. He was a very nice guy, um, but he was out of control and he was Mm. interested. And I went on one date kind of to be nice because I didn't have much of a backbone in those days. And I thought, why not? You know, he's, he asked me out, I'll go. And after numerous attempts to show him I was not interested and to decline advances, I was still, for three years after I left that job, every year on my birthday, I got a dozen roses sent to me. Mm. I got tons of phone calls and text messages constantly and emails, um, gifts left on my desk at work, um, just like really aggressive, aggressive advances constantly, even when I was dating. I mean, to the point I was dating Chris and for two years he was still trying to contact me after I kept telling him no. You kept so telling him no. There was no doubt about the fact and over and over. no doubt about the fact that he knew where your boundary was. No doubt. Okay. Not one iota of doubt. Um and I think that's that's where it becomes harassment. So at the beginning, you know, it's fine. I don't want to tell guys, don't ever approach us again. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's okay. If you're interested, it's okay to ask a girl out. It's okay to approach someone at a bar. But if you are told no, back the fuck off. You know, and, and see, that's the that's the problem, I think. And the problem is, is that, yeah. and let's just take that particular that particular scenario, because there are so many different scenarios that we can talk about, and and everybody's different, and everybody has their different mm-hmm. line line at which is appropriate and which is not appropriate. The um, and and in talking to the women that I I did talk to that I know prior to this show, they were talking about um, 
expectation and the fact that they had, if, if they set the line, if they set the boundary already and then the guy knew where the boundary was and then he crossed it, that's clear harassment. Clear. Yes. Because they've already because they've already said it, just like you did with this guy who kept which that's I mean, to me that's a textbook. It was harassment. it was like psycho. <laughs> yeah. So uh and uh, but then I was talking to them in from an, a, another scenario to which they were you guys are just nice sometimes and you don't want to there there's there's, just nice. there's a great example from Kimmy Schmidt, uh which mm-hmm. is one of my which is one of my favorite shows. <laughs> if you haven't seen it I'm a big 30 Rock and Tina Fey fan. It's in and uh, and Kimmy Schmidt's on Netflix, and it's awesome. But they were ta- they were in the trial, and they were talking about the reasons why the three girls went down into the bunker. And they were talking to Kimmy, and and uh, and she said, "Well, I just didn't want to, I just didn't, didn't want to make the Reverend feel uncomfortable, so I just went." And so right. it's, it's so it's more or less just trying to it's, right. it's trying to not make waves, or it's trying to just. You know, go with the go flow. with the flow and all that, yeah. and then that's. But then that that empowers uh, somebody over and above. And so then, when you, you know, that being the case, and I'm sure that you've been in that situation before because you've talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know what? What's the role? What's the ro- I mean, what's the role of you guys in terms of your your personal responsibility? Um, can you do anything more than being very very clear on your boundaries? I mean, I think that as a culture, we need to have a major shift beyond setting boundaries. And I think it starts really young with our kids. And so what I mean by that is I remember even at a young age, um, you waited for a boy to ask you to the dance. If a boy kissed you on the playground or pushed you on the playground, it's because he liked you and you should be flattered. Um, you know, you, you, yes, everyone, you're sweet. You apologize. You say, pardon me. You do all of those things and boys make the first advance. And that's just what we're taught. Mm -hmm. And we're taught that sometimes being disrespected is a form of flattery or a form of some sort of emotional connection with us. Mm -hmm. So from a young age, even as a joke, we kind of ingrain girls with this sense of, they make the advances and we respond appropriately and it's in the ball is in their court the ball is always in their court right down to how we get engaged most women wait and wait i'm one of them why wouldn't i have proposed because mm-hmm. oh my god no i would never do that i have friends who have proposed to their now husbands it's a crazy mind blowing experience but it why why does it have to be so linear that they do this and we do that they are proactive. We are reactive. How come it has to be that way? So yeah. I think it, we have to start when kids are younger and explaining the roles in society of you know both men and women. Train them to believe we're equals. Train them to raise themselves and treat others in this culture of respect. And then as women now, you know, don't don't downplay it. You don't have to be over the top about thinking every single thing is harassment. But also, I feel like most of the stories I read with the hashtag Me Too was, well, I never really considered this harassment or I, or I know other women have been raped or beaten and I, this wasn't nearly as bad. doesn't matter. Right. And that's, yeah. And that that's what I'm saying. It's it's such a, it's such a, um, you know, nondescript. And it's, and it's so, it's hard. It's so individual in terms of it, it, perspective and context. And it, and, and, yeah. and 
the only thing I can think of, and I'm just totally shooting from the hip here, and the only thing I can think of is is from a from the female perspective is to is to know where your boundaries are and then to be true. You know, I, I was talking to a friend of mine, a really good friend of mine, and she said, and she's had her own stories like that, mm-hmm. and uh, she was saying she thinks it's. She thinks that uh, women are too nice, which I agree with overall. Yes, and uh, and she thinks that y- you guys, from what you could do in this situation, is uh, you guys could just uh, be more listen to your intuition. Yeah, uh, because because I asked her, I said, you know, she she had an example of uh, there was uh, her cousin and a friend of her and a friend of her cousins back when they were probably fifteen or sixteen, walking along, and there was this guy, older guy, with his camera, and he said, you know, can I take a picture of you guys? And it initially they felt a little off because apparently mm-hmm. he was older. I'm not sure exactly how much older, but he was older. And they said, oh, okay. And just sat mm-hmm. there and, and had him take their, and that's all that happened. That all he just, he just took their picture and then they left. And they were, and with this hashtag me too, there's a lot of discussion. There's a lot of dialogue happening. And she's in a group dialogue with her family, and this came up today, as a matter of fact, to where mm. to where the uh, one of the girls said, "You know, I'm really to this day I regret not saying anything. I regret mm-hmm. not not speaking up and saying no, no, that that's uncomfortable. I I don't want to have to." And she actually apologized to the other girl because the other girl's on their group text. She actually apologized to her for not speaking up, and of course the other girl mm-hmm. said, "Hey, you know, this this was a long time ago, and this kind of but." Mm-hmm. Does that seem some? Does that I mean? Does that seem reasonable at all? I mean, I, I don't want to. No, and, and I'm not. And I'm not putting this on you guys at all. No, at, no, no, but no, I, no. But I, I know you're. I'm not. trying to. I'm trying to find. You know, solution that always comes from a synthesis of both sides. And I think mm-hmm. that I think what's happening now with the hashtag Me Too and and with the way things are going and the way things are shifting. Uh, it, I, and I think this is a byproduct of that, of the, of the fact that you guys are coming out and you and the march is happening and, and people are understanding levels of equality and the glass ceiling is, is being shattered in certain places. Things are starting to, to there's, there's an equalization that's starting to happen. And, right. and I think that the mutual respect is starting to happen at a higher level. And I think the millennials are doing a really great job because the, it's the generation I feel as though you guys are the most... Um, I mean, you know, you know, where people don't see color, people don't see gender uh, in regards right. to, you know, looking at it that way. And um, so with all that being the case, I, I, I think that I think that men will become more aware uh, mm-hmm. the, the more that that it gets out there. Uh, but I was thinking in terms of of, you know, with women and you guys listening to your intuition and actually being bold and and speaking mm-hmm. and not worrying about being rejected or being looked down upon or being, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that that can happen. Is that, do you, I'm do you see that? I'm hoping it can too. I think it can. I think that it's going to, I mean, I think in certain pockets of the country, I'm, I feel very fortunate to be in my pocket of the country, to be honest, uh, right now, because I'm in a very liberal, open, equal kind of environment. I mean, I just am by nature of, of being in the Northeast and also being in a very highly academic area. Um, in a very young area. Um, so I don't feel like I'm experiencing the same levels of uh, inequality or harassment that maybe some other women are facing in other areas that might not be quite as progressive right now. Um, but I do think the key is that women need to be, and again, I'm the same way. I don't think it's like, let's not blame the victim here. However, 
is a, as a means of self-defense or as a means of just being on the offense, like, you know, we need to be more proactive. Our whole gender needs to be more proactive. We need to be more assertive from a young age. We need to not call girls who are assertive bitchy. We need to embrace the fact that that is a really good quality and not try to squash that or tell girls to be more ladylike or try to, you know, put everything on this like acceptance that we somehow need from men. Like we can't, it can't all hinge on what men think of us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of what I was reading when I was reading those Me Too's and even when I was reading like the stories, the Harvey Weinstein stories and things like that. A lot of women, I feel like, get put in these positions where there's sort of a male authority figure who has some hold over their career or their education or or whatever, the money they make, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I actually had a teacher when I was a sophomore in high school who was very inappropriate with me multiple times. And my mother didn't find out till years later um, that he would ask me, he would find me after school when I was waiting for play practice or something to come down and see a grade on a makeup test I took or something and would try to hold my hand or would um, kind of like rifle through my things and read notes from friends or boyfriends or um, tell me how beautiful I was and how unappreciated I was. And when I got older, don't worry, you know, men would find me more attractive, blah, blah, blah. When you're 16 and you have a teacher who's grading your papers and you're a straight-A student and you're trying to go to college, you don't say much. Mm-hmm. And so I wish that if I could go back in time and like tell that younger version of me that that was inappropriate and to know who to go to and to know that something would be done and it wouldn't affect me negatively because I feel like a lot of times – the people who suffer are the victims who speak up. Yeah, and that's and I wanted to bring up two things. The first thing is is that and, and don't let me forget this because I want to ask you this after I, I talk about the speaking up part. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if you have a you if you have a solution in terms of where 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 women can go if that and I think that mm-hmm. I think you have a good point because a lot of the you know the Weinstein the Vince Toback stuff that just came out the Bill O'Reilly stuff that's out all those were guys in position of power. And they had, Always. and they had, yes. and they had leverage over. They had some sort of leverage over the woman that that was the whatever was happening, and that um, that puts that puts you in such a bad position because Weinstein's uh, uh, spiel was, you know, I could ruin you, you know, if you don't right. if you don't do this, and and uh, and he probably and, could, and, and, he, and he probably <laughs> in a lot of ways. and he probably did. Right. I, I think that I, I think looking at. I think one of the problems with that is is looking at you know maybe one person can have an influence uh, on your life, but it it, it this is a real this is that's a really delicate subject. But it's it, it's a matter it's a matter of looking at it as if he does, then he does. But the, and that's in and if you can take a look at your career path or where your talents are, and if you look at it in terms of non-linear. If you look at it like yeah, that, maybe that door will close, or maybe that's the case. But um, but I'm not going to uh, I'm not going to go against my ideals or my morals or my principles. I'm not going to mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, sell myself out, and I'm not going to sell my soul and sit there and, and watch this guy take a shower uh, just mm-hmm. so just so I can be in another movie. I mean, it's right. just it, it's such a difficult position, and I, I guarantee you, this will continue to go on. 
course. Uh, in all facets of life, not just the movie mm-hmm. business, but all facets of life. But I think the more and more it comes up, the more and more you, you guys, women will be empowered and then f- have an avenue to go to. And, and that's really the key. Right. And what you just touched on, the fact that I, th- I think the hashtag Me Too is great because it gets the word out. I'm hoping that the next step is is some level of organization to where there's an outlet, not just a support yeah. group, but a legit outlet no. to hold people accountable to situations mm-hmm. like this. So, so the heart, the the Weinstein stuff that's been going on for 25 or 30 years, and the Toback mm-hmm. stuff that's been going on for, I mean, he had something happening in 1985 that they were talking about. So all that stuff for years and years and years, if you have a place to go to where uh, and that's that brings me to uh, talking about this new startup called Kalista. And it's this uh, girl who started up because she was sexually assaulted in college. And it is something that you can go to. Kalista is something you can go to. And I'll I'll, I'll put a link in in the in the page, the website page for the for the podcast that you can go if you Mm -hmm. if you've been sexually assaulted or if you if you if something happened like that, you can timestamp the assault even if you don't want to report it and you can put it in there to where uh, and you can find a, a forum or a group of people uh, of women who have already reported. And maybe because uh, most of like 80 percent of the sexual assault uh, predators are uh, repeat and uh, yes. and, and mm-hmm. the average is six times. They're, they're the ones. Yeah, it's only you know, that it's like it's like 80 percent or two or, percent or, uh, do 90 percent of the of the of the harm. And uh, and they do it multiple times. Only uh, only six percent of the of the assaults are ever con- uh, have end up in a conviction. That's the sad part because it comes down to the he said she said. And I right. and stop me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the reason why a lot of women, even when something does happen, if it's harassment or if it gets up to the assault assault stage, mm-hmm. why you guys go? You know what? What's the point? Well, the, the point is I throw myself right. out there. It's a he said, she said. It's, uh, you know, and it's, and, and that's, and I know it's so disappointing. Is there a solution to that? You know, I, I think a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I think having allies is always huge. I think there was a huge movement with the, you know, the, the lesbian bisexual group, you know, LBTGQ. I can never remember the acronym. But um, there was a huge movement with um, allies and finding allies and and identifying yourself as an ally so mm-hmm. that you could, you know, get the support you needed and be and be there to support others. And I wish that there was almost like a better business bureau for men. Like, can we report people like a Harvey Weinstein? What if there was an anonymous way to report these men of power and, you know, almost give them a grade for what it's like to work with them? I mean, a score and, you know, level of overall. I mean, we have job satisfaction surveys and we have all these different things. Why can't we have a way to anonymously, if you're even if you're not comfortable enough to go, and and put your name and face to a situation, but to anonymously report men in power and say, you know, I've had these I've had these things happen, and kind of warn other women and kind of show other people who might be willing to invest in them what they're really all about. So, I mean, that finding yeah, allies, yeah. and I mean, I, I think it is hard though. I think ultimately the he said she said part of it is going to be the hardest because there's a not a really great way. Aside from being raped and having a rape kit done that has some DNA trace on it, like it's hard. It's hard to prove that stuff. And sadly, even the rape kits, there's number. I mean, even in Maricopa County out here in Arizona, there were 400 or 500 rape kits that weren't even processed. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 
That's unconscionably terrible. Terrible. I mean, that's just terrible. If you have a mom, which you do, if you have a daughter, if you have sisters, if you have a girlfriend, if you have a wife, you should be, you should be incensed that that's the case. And because it it can happen to anybody at any particular time. And, and like I said, every, you know, the girlfriends and the wives and, and my, even my daughter's been harassed. I mean, there's, it's, it's almost, you know, and I, and I know it comes down to being allowed almost from a, from a social perspective, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I know we are changing and we're, we're in a huge transition time. And I think that, that, that we're going to go through some, some growing pains here. Uh, but it, it's sad that we've taken eight steps back with, uh, with the election and who's in, and who's in the office and the fact that you have somebody in there with zero morals, zero principles, mm-hmm. a zero concept in regards to that guy. That guy is scared to death of women. I mean, scared, scared shitless of women. Mm-hmm. And that's why he acts out that way. That guy, of course. I think his mom made him pee his pants like day, sure. daily because that guy is so scared of women that he that he consistently and constantly, consciously and subconsciously tries to denigrate women at yeah. every possible turn he possibly he absolutely can. Even does. to the point, even to the point where he he just did it again, where where he called that gold star mom uh, or the gold star wife of the of the, oh, uh, the of, widow of the, of the yes. sergeant that was killed, and and it was on speakerphone with the uh, congresswoman, and he and he he came out and said he was talking to one of his buddies over at Fox, and he said he said I can't believe that uh, that uh, that a woman was listening in, a, a, a person was listening in. That guy he can't he can't help himself. He can't now, help himself. Now, how is it? How does that benefit? You know, people looking at you know politics and and they don't want the anti system and all this bullshit, and that's the reason why he's in and all that kind of stuff. That's fine, but you, but I would really like for people to see the bigger picture. Those forty six percent that actually mm-hmm. voted that way to see the bigger picture and understand it's not just about that. It's about it's about the the leadership and the responsibilities and the and uh you know and and being a being somebody to look up to and being somebody to model uh proper behavior, model leadership, model respect, m- you know, model what the morals and the ideals of the country moving forward. Right. In terms of fairness and kindness and respect. Which is, and there's none of that at all. None. And everyone keeps saying, the people who vote for him keep saying, we didn't vote for him to be nice. We didn't vote for him to be kind and respectful. We don't care about the moral and social issues. Right. And obviously they didn't, but, but, but what they, (laughs) but what they under, what they don't understand is they need to. Because as much as, as much, as much as they think that those things don't matter, they matter actually more than, than the political thing because, because it sets the tone. It's like it's like, right. uh, and I know a lot of uh, I know a lot of people like watching Kardashians on that stupid bullshit. But what that what that <laughs> fake reality television does is it sets a it sets a, it sets a tone of potential of of possibility. It it raises mm-hmm. the bar of of behavior of acceptable behavior. It's not acceptable mm-hmm. behavior, and so we're fighting against that as well as fighting against. The natural instincts and all the stuff, you know, the caveman days and, and all the way up into there where, where, where men were given permission basically to be, to go as far as they wanted to. And a lot of guys, mm-hmm. and a lot of guys who don't have an innate level of respect or something that was, that was given to them by their environment in regards to being brought up by, a good family system with, uh, you know, mom or sisters or something where they have levels of respect for women, 
they they just look at it as a as a power play and, and especially guys that have a problem with women in terms of either being scared of them uh or being or being you know subconsciously dominated by them they overcompensate mm-hmm. they overcompensate by using that power and i think that's why right. that's why weinstein did it is because you know a lot of a lot of it's psychological and it's twisted and that's where it is now the one thing i do want to bring up with you is this um <laughs> in terms of i kind of switching it up in terms of like when when you go out a lot and this mm-hmm. from totally from a guy's perspective and when and when you go out and you and you try to meet girls and and women and you're out there and you're kind of moving and grooving around uh, a lot of times a lot of times uh, when you go out there's uh, you guys put us through a thing called the shit test and it's <laughs> and it's to, and it's because it's a defensive mechanism on your part because if you're out in a bar you're getting hit on a lot and you kind of want to weed out the weak and yeah. uh, and to see who see who qualifies, and so you go through the, you know, don't smile. You go through the make him work for a little bit. You go through the put him down a little bit and see how he reacts. See if he crumbles like a house of mm-hmm. cards. Then if he does, you're like, forget it. I'm done. You have to be, you know, you got to be up here. You have to think of yourself at least at this level and have that level right. of confidence in order to be, you know, in order for us to work. Because if not, right. and if you think that I'm some goddess on a pedestal, this ain't going to work. So what would you say in that context? <laughs> uh, because because when that's the case, then guys have to, they have to continue and they have to move further. Even though she doesn't show an initial interest, right. we, think that we, we think that we're part of that game and we kind of work into that game and it's a very fine line. What would you say about all that? Is that a different, am I, am I not seeing that correctly? You are seeing that correctly. The only hard part with me is that I don't feel like I did that. <laughs> so I, as you know, tend to gravitate toward the beta male. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you you do. Yes, you do. Typically, I love sweet guys. Uh-huh. I like kind of geeky guys. So the hard part for me was like, you know, when I was getting hit on at bars, I I was very open. And if I actually thought you were sort of sweet and wanted to talk to you, I didn't really put you through the test. Uh-huh. And if we ended up in an argument about grammar, even better. Like that's so I'm mm-hmm. a hard a hard nut to crack. However, I have friends. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there is a level of make them work for it um, only because – and I, I'm going to say that this might be the underlying cause of that. We as women are constantly being hit on and sought after and then the minute we show interest, everything turns around mm-hmm. and the effort is not made anymore and the ball gets dropped, and we get ghosted 95% of the time. Really? Yes. Mm. So in all my experiences with all the boys I've dated, I will call them boys. They are not men, <laughs> except for my husband. He is a man. Well uh, chosen. Days, w- well, Good word choice. Most days, mm-hmm. right? Mm, yeah, most days. So the boys I dated uh, his, you know, in my history um, all did that to me. They pulled out all the stops. I acted disinterested. I was disinterested. But they sent the flowers and they bought the tickets to the ballet. And they, you know, told my friend I was cute. And they asked me to this and that. And 
And they break you down because they're just so sweet and charming and they just are trying so hard. And, uh, you know, then then one goes abroad and never calls you again after dating for two years in college. And uh, one's just kind of a dick hmm. and really is going nowhere with his whole life and is basically uh, a little bit afraid of women and a little disrespectful of women, I would say. But they all lead you to believe that they're going to put forth this effort. And I think that now subconsciously, because so many of us have dealt with these types of guys, we're like, go ahead and try to woo us. We're not going to break down that easily because we know what's coming around the corner. Right. So let's, okay, uh, uh, which is a good point. And a, lot, and a lot of guys, I guess, I think will, because you, you, you find out what their intentions are. And if their intentions are just to break you and get a saddle on you, and ride you around the ride you around the 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 corral for a ride while, at, right? You right, yeah. and then like, yeah. then they're like, I, I got to go break another horse. Then that Correct. that might be a terrible analogy, but that's kind of like what because that's really what it is. It's all about it's all about the conquest. It's and power. It's, it's conquest, and it is, yes. and it and it's the power thing. So that, but that leads me to when when should a guy if if he's get but getting put through the shit test, when should he know that he's crossing a line? I think that um, if a girl is truly engaging in conversation with you still and you're, you've got some fun banter going and she's not closing off with the body language and she's not making excuses and checking her phone and I've got to go to the bathroom or I need to find my friend or oh, I have a boyfriend, whatever, um, you know, the there's a chance that she's probably kind of interested in putting you through the test. So if she's if she's like, oh, I'm not interested, but then she's still bantering with you and she's flirting okay. and she's kind of got an open body language, you kind of know you're in. But if she truly is like, I'm good, thanks, mm-hmm. and kind of like, you know, turns the body mm-hmm. or is talking to the girlfriend, time to back away. Friend. Okay. See, that's Move on. Move that, on. that's a really good that's a really good thing, and it's good boundaries, and that's what it should be. Right. So, so to to finish this up, and I know we talked about it already, but what what can what can girls do uh, right now? What do you think? What can they do? Um, I think the biggest thing is you know certainly continue with your fun flirting and bantering. But I think if ever, like you said, your intuition is telling you that something doesn't feel right and it feels uncomfortable to you, you shouldn't have to be uncomfortable at all. You shouldn't ever have to be uncomfortable when you're out having fun or when you're trying to just live your life. And so having, first of all, if you're going out, go out with your girlfriends, have good allies, don't have wing women who are just going to take off and leave you high and dry by yourself to fend for yourself. Mm-hmm. Have good people who know your boundaries and know you well enough to help you navigate those uncomfortable situations. And in the workplace, you need to find strong female allies. You need to identify strong female allies. And I don't know if that is, you know, something that, you know, in workplaces and in schools, they need to actually come up with some sort of a group within that space, just like they have everything else. They have HR, they have mm-hmm. support groups for, they have guidance counselors, they have they have everything. So why can't we have some kind of a person, a point person, who's kind of taken on this role as the advocate, who's in a position of power, who says, my door is open, come to me with concerns, I'm okay helping you fight for what's right. I'm not going to turn you away. I'm not going to let this bullshit go on. You need people, because the women at the bottom are never going to fight for themselves mm. unless they're super self-aware and self-confident. And a lot of women are not, unfortunately. So it's about... So you need right. to have... Please, no. Yeah. 
No, I was going to, so you just, you just need to have those people, those allies, those close friends, those other women who are strong and empowering, who've got your back. Because if you're trying to do this alone or you're surrounded by other women who are throwing themselves at people and doing all the wrong things for all the wrong reasons, you're not going to ever feel empowered Mm -hmm. to speak up. You have to speak up. I think that's, I, I, yeah, I think that's perfect. And it's about creating a support community. And I think that the, the more that the hashtag me too is out there and the more that, that it becomes mm-hmm. exposed and it becomes something that's, that's not okay. And, uh, yeah. and, and I think the more that that happens, the more it will, that, that you guys will rally and support each other. I like, I like your approach in regards to supporting each other because I mean, I, I, I was going to say, you know, if it was my, you know, if it was a girlfriend or a uh, wife or sister mm-hmm. or mom or something, I was going to say, you let me know. You mm-hmm. let me know what's going on. <laughs> and I, I got to say, I've been in I've been in three like major brawls in my life and uh, not outside of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, high school. You have stupid stuff because somebody stepped on your ice cream cone and then, you you know, you start swinging. Right. But you got <laughs> totally you, different. I mean, three, three, you know, decent brawls in my life. They've been all at bars and it's because I saw shit being done to a girl that didn't, she didn't want it to happen. So me and usually it was me with my buddy, uh, you know, down when I was at San Diego State because we were like, we don't put up with that shit. He's got he's got mm-hmm. his sister. I have I had two sisters, and uh, and so we would be the ones to step in and say, "Dude, that's not cool." And of course, the guy typically was an asshole, and he took it personally. And then he's he probably got some small wiener situation, and then you know then we'd have to do what we had to do, you know. So yep. Um, and I, but I don't think it has to get to that point. I think if you have a support group that includes also strong male figures that that understand about respecting women, then they can they can help. I mean, they can go with your they can go with your group if you want. You know, just mm-hmm. may, maybe maybe that will would insulate you guys from from a situation, or if, at least not insulated. At least the guys would be there to to you know to support and to kind of shift and to get you guys out of there. Because right. a lot of it, a lot of yeah. it is a lot of it is is understanding where the situation is, and uh, and then just taking yourself out of it, and to to where right. that to where that stimulant's not there for that asshole to continue to pull their crap. And and I know you can't right. get away with it at, at work. I mean, if it's a boss or something, and I know you can't get away with it if it's somebody you see on campus every single day. But uh, but mm-hmm. if you can, I think that's a good idea, and it's a matter of. Also, just creating that support community, and I and I really, yeah. really, really hope it that it um, that that takes takes hold, and I hope that this momentum keeps going with this because it's this is something that should not be happening right now. No, no, it should not be happening in twenty seventeen. No, this is no you, ridiculous. No, you wouldn't think so. So, so all right. No. Well, that's I think that's yeah. I mean, I learned a lot. To be honest with you. So I appreciate it. Well, <laughs> well, I'm so glad. Right. Yeah. So thanks, Mara. I appreciate it. Remember, you can go to javabud.com. You can find this, the podcast that we're going to have the video up. We are on, uh, you know, drinking our particular drinks. And uh, <laughs> and so if you have any questions or comments, you can also get a hold of me a number of different places. You can comment on the on the uh, podcast or you can get a hold of me at Tony at javabud.com. And also remember the book's coming out in a couple of months. So if you're interested in that, you can also give me a holler. I'm going to be uh, releasing some uh, pieces of the book and then, you know, giving some freebie giveaways and stuff and anything to whore myself out for the book. Basically, is what it's going to going to come down to. Speaking so, of integrity, yeah, 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 right. Yeah, I have no not not when it comes to the book. I, I am integrity free. Integrity free. So, thanks, Mariah. I appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week. All right, anytime. Bye.